G'day, folks, and welcome to this week's episode of the Scale HQ podcast that I did with Karen Kovaleski. You are going to really enjoy this. If you are a um, founder who's ever wondered whether you've actually really got your organization aligned with, have you got people's priorities? Like, does everybody know what success looks like in your organization in the long term, in the medium term, in the short term? Long term is where you're going, kind of your vision for the business, your purpose, your values, all that stuff, your medium term strategy and how you're going to get there. And then all the short term priorities in the next, you know, 90 days, this year, all that kind of thing. If you and do they understand their role in that? Do they know what success looks like for them individually for this year, for this quarter, for this week? Do they know what a successful week looks like? Unless you can answer yes to all of those, you don't have full alignment in your organization. And that is an issue if you are scaling into eight figures and beyond, because um, as you get further away from the front and you can't manage everybody's priorities, you're going to have a whole bunch of people focusing on things. And you're going to be paying them to do stuff that's actually not supporting your strategy, your priorities, or your long-term you know, vision and future for the business and your ambitions. So today is all about alignment. And um, Karen's got lots of broad experience. She's done lots of M&A. She's been a CEO. She's been a vice president. She's done all the she's done all the jobs, kind of similar kind of career to my, like me, you know, 20 years of doing all the stuff and then getting to CEO. And um, she's learned a lot about what it takes to create alignment. And she's got a really nice, simple five-step model that's going to explain to you if you need to create alignment in your organization before you put more pressure on it. Um, these are the steps to walk yourself through. So I think you're going to really, um, it's a very practical episode. Uh, we share a lot of laughs. It's really fun. Uh, and uh, I really hope you enjoy it. And I will see you again next week after you've listened to this one. Welcome to the Scale HQ podcast, your weekly injection of tips and insights into the secrets of scaling. I'm your host, Sean Steele, and I am obsessed with figuring out how to help founders just like you who are creating real value in the world to scale up so they can fulfill their potential. I do that each week by interviewing founders who successfully scaled, experts in all the areas of business that you need to master, interviews with founders who are still on the way up, and 10-minute tutorials and reflections from me based on my experiences in creating 100 million bucks in revenue for four other companies over eight years. So let's dive in and see what gems we can find together on this week's episode of the Scale HQ Podcast. G'day, everybody, and welcome back to the Scale HQ podcast. Welcome back to our regular listeners and to anybody joining us for the first time. We are thrilled uh, to have you. My guest this week is Karen Kovaleski. Uh, Karen, now a management consultant. It looks like from the last sort of 12 months or so after 20 successful years in leading startups and growth stage companies in digital and tech, you've led. And what I love about your background is you've led, you've, you've done all the hard yards in the same way as I kind of grew to see, you know, you've <laughs> yeah. done sales, you've done marketing, you've done HR, you've done operations, you've like done all the stuff, you've designed customer journeys, you've been, you know, everything from, you know, VP, um, operations, vice president, you know, CEO, and all the way from startups to companies more than 100 mil. So lots yeah. of uh, lots of diversity. I'm stoked to get some time with you today. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Well, I am thrilled to be here and be able to chat with you. Um, yeah, I have that crazy background that so many of us um, get to have, which is so fortunate because we learn with our hands and by getting <laughs> in there and, and doing the work and then hopefully being able to translate that over time into new industries and new methodologies and new technologies that um, probably weren't there when I started and, and are there now, yeah, but, we, but we had some great learning and we understand how the business, but yeah, I've done, done a lot of different things in a lot of different industries and I've been very fortunate with that and, and it's been great. Well, my, my kids are now 18 and 15 and they laugh that my first sales jobs were in directories <laughs> where people used to still get the yellow pages. I'm like, yeah, these like huge books get used to yes. get delivered to everybody and you'd look for a phone number and they're like, yeah, what, you, why did you do you that? <laughs> my first advertising job, we used to call on the phone and 
tuck in the the words that were going to go in your ads in the paper in the weekend. Um, so uh, yes, yes, I just I've, dated myself I've, very good there. Do you know what? Actually, we bought a business that did that. So like, yeah. I'm, I'm with you and I'm all over it. My, actually, my the, the previous sales job to that, I was in a warehouse in like this industrial area and it was literally like boiler room style, like 25 desks with just a phone and a white pages, which was just, you know, the director was like, okay, just yeah. call people. We're going to invite them to a seminar and that's what you're going to do all that night long. What, for days that's and what days. they called cold calling, right? A good old fashioned cold, cold calling. That calling. was the beginning of the days. Yeah. Yeah. So that's we've it. all, we've been in the trenches. We've been in the trenches in that's different it. places, but definitely been in the trenches. Yeah. Well, I guess a bit of context for our conversation today for the audience before we just ramble on uh, was we were introduced by um, a colleague of both of ours, Sean Flynn, who runs mm -hmm. the Silicon Valley podcast. Yeah. And um, I believe, so you've you've done your interview with um, yes. Sean, but it may yes. not have been published yet. Okay, I don't cool. think it's not quite published. Yeah, we, we just, yeah, we awesome. just did it I can't wait to hear yeah. that. Yeah, it'll be fun. And one of, the, fun. one of the things that Sean mentioned to me was that he said, hey, Sean, you got to chat to Karen. He goes, you're absolutely going to love Karen. And I was looking at your background and I could see that you're really big, you know, from your experience on organizational alignment. Um, yes. And I am too. And I'm so excited to have this conversation mm -hmm. with you because I saw this uh, when I was kind of researching, I saw this thing in your LinkedIn profile, the statement about the challenge of alignment. I just want to read it out because I think it's really important for people <laughs> okay. for the context for today. You sure. said- Companies often struggle to connect the dots between the corporate mission, sales, product delivery, and customers' goals. You know, M&A, rapid growth, and other disruptive processes typically amplify misalignment. Mm -hmm. um, and then when they're not addressed, that leads to missed opportunities for revenue, for employee engagement, for customer satisfaction. But organizations who try to solve that essentially through this kind of, you know, customer-focused approach in the hope that that is the rallying cry that's going to collate you know, create the alignment of everybody and, the, yeah. you know, and the product and the process, it just doesn't happen. And actually then your brand starts to suffer, our engagement declines, customers are going elsewhere, et cetera. And I could not agree yeah. more. Like I see that growth putting pressure on misalignment all the time. And mm -hmm. like almost the natural go-to is customer first. Okay, we'll, we'll solve this just through the customer will generate all the alignment. That's not a solution. <laughs> that is not a solution. It is not a solution. Not a solution. I, right. and, and I often say too, you know, rallying cries, those are just cheers. That That is an action yeah. that doesn't have a method, doesn't have a madness. It's important, you know, positive yeah. feedback and energy. Those are important things, but those are not the results. And um, no, I'm pretty passionate about that. And, and um, you know, well, I know we'll talk further about it and I can expand, but I'll also say one mm. of the reasons more recently, and, and the pandemic opened up a time slot for me, I decided to go back and get an HR certification. And it wasn't mm -hmm. because I thought, oh, I'm going to go into this industry specifically as HR. It's because, as you and I noted, we've been in all parts of the industries. We are in our businesses. Mm -hmm. We've worked with people. We've been managers. We've been CEOs. So HR is part of it. It's the cultural mm -hmm. um, confines. And I wanted to sort of reassess my my sort of perspective and brain and make sure that I am in alignment with utilizing all of that as you continue to develop in corporate structures, um, whether you're at a startup or going into larger, that we continue to take into perspective um, the risk management, the financials, but the human aspects of all of it. And, and when human things aspects, aren't yeah. aligned or when they aren't working well, what's that what's that that trajectory and what can happen so so it's been kind of interesting that i i did that and i was like okay yeah this is this is it and it's it's just added a little bit more fuel to things that maybe i've mm. been doing or been looking at it, it gave me a little a refresher of of one aspect of it but yeah i'm i'm pretty that is one of my passion points in in anything in organizations yeah 
I love it. And look, you know, that's precisely why the, all the work that I do with founders and in the courses I've developed, we, we first build a growth strategy, but then we build an execution plan where the full yes. thing is aligned from top to bottom. Like the job is to make sure that everybody mm-hmm. has clarity about what success looks like for the yep. organization and for them mm-hmm. individually, both right. in the long term and the medium term and the short term. And then you've got all those you know, feed lap loop, feedback loops built into your execution rhythm yeah. so that the growth plan's getting reviewed, the priorities are getting reviewed, things are yeah. being constantly realigned and everybody's always aligned mm-hmm. to what success looks like. And in the absence of that, you've just got a whole bunch of randomness going on. Um, and, you know, you, you you see founders with this this frustration of having to put out fires all the time. I'm like, well, that's because <laughs> you're not aligned. They've yeah. got their priorities and you've got something in your head that you think is trying absolutely. to be achieved. There's not like, there's no there's no framework that integrates it. So, yeah, so talk absolutely. to me today. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I challenge you to say, hey, like, Mm-hmm. Well, what's your framework? I want to learn from yes. you and how you think about yeah. it. Um, could you maybe share a story, like to give us a bit of a frame around this, maybe a story that's had these kind of misalignment issues and that was able to solve them by applying the way that you think about it? Absolutely. And I can tell you, And so I men- you mentioned in the thing that you read that it says, you know, mergers, acquisitions, math- massive growth, startup, influx of cash capital, even I would say market structures. But if we really talk about internal all of those things amplify it. But I can give you a, a story that came early in the career that really helped me sort of solidify my framework and the way I think about it. And then over the course of my career, I've been lucky enough in those other organization roles to apply it to, you know, this one I'm going to yeah. share because it's really easy to see it in M&A. It's super easy to see the dysfunction. Yes. So I'll, I'll give you that as an example. Mm. But I was able to apply cool. it to a startup and a growth stage and someone that was very highly funded, but that creates its own chaos and, and so forth. So early early on, you know, early enough, my first 10, uh, 10 years, and I was with them for 10 years, I started my career in, um, in advertising. And in advertising, mm. you know, you kind of go up and you become, you're in management. And this was some years into my business work and I was a general manager and we were acquired by a, we were kind of a mid-sized company, so national, but not like, and we were acquired by a larger company who did a particular aspect of advertising and wanted to branch out. And the way they were going to do that, because they had the funds and they were large enough was acquisitions. So they acquired, and I don't mean one or two, I mean an extensive amount of acquisitions that gave a national footprint then an international footprint, so people, places, and things, as well as some technology that was going to be built. And there was two companies. So um, in the acquisition process, the majority of those organizations were mid. Some were small, but mid-size, I'd say small to mid, so that they were really engulfed and brought in. And But we were doing the same thing. So the easiest, this goes back to that idea that customer is nothing's going to change. We all do the same. We're all advertisers. We, we are in this niche. This is what we offer. Here you are. Well, the reality is everybody did it differently. Everybody had different mm. sets of skill sets. Um, and very quickly with such great, I mean, it was an all-consuming experience, but with such great um, expansion, there was access to these great clients and new, you know, new avenues. And people would walk in and go, oh my God, we're so big now and we've been acquired and look at all these things we have to offer. But they didn't know what that meant. They didn't know how to execute Mm. on it. So you had salespeople rushing outside. You had existing client folks who were managing day-to-day clients and the client's going, oh, your name changed and I write checks differently. Like, what does that mean to me? What do I get? Oh, we have more things, right? And and it it was just a very dysfunctional 
Um, mm. Not on purpose. You know, the, the hope mm. was to try to keep things moving until you could do it. And then even the simple, in that case, back office stuff um, tend to have problems like invoicing and so forth. And so it was during that that there had to be, and, and so those of us that were in that management executive level in the various regions and, you know, areas had to come together and start back where I think about it. And I have my, I think of it as, um, I call it uh, educate, motivate, activate, evaluate, and iterate. Those are my kind of five <laughs> steps. And, cool. and I don't think I thought, I don't think I had the words to that back then, but it was the process. And, you know, you had, we had to sit back and start with the educating of, you know, right down to then I can all, you know, share more about those individuals, but it, it starts with who and what are we today? Not where we were, not what we were, not what they were, but now we're this new entity. And what does that mean? What is, um, and not to make it fluff, but what is the mission and the vision and the values in sort of like who, what, why, where, and then start, start at that point and, um, and kind of apply it out. So, so really it, it gave me such an extreme example and it's an extreme real case. I mean, we worked on that. And then over the course of my next how many years, I could apply that same sort of methodical step and you can do it in departments. You can do mm -hmm. it for an organization and they aren't all, and, and I'm not, um, professing in that case, it was a kind of a long drawn out, very complex process, but in others, it's yeah. not in others. It's a little quicker, mm -hmm. but it's still the same steps and same methodology. Um, when things start to change, when you start to notice that clients are leaving more quickly than they're coming, or we're, every time we get a client, we lose two, or the revenue is not the same, or something seems off. If you can mm. just pause and set that stage again to make sure that you've been staying in alignment, you usually can find the fixed quicker. Um, other than just mm. throwing a lot of band-aids at, oh my God, we're losing clients. Well, we, we got to do whatever they say, right? Like let's fix that. We're obviously not providing good service and let's change out our account teams. Like that happens a lot. People just want to get rid of whoever's there or they want to change their products or services because a client got mad. So that's not really the right answer always. It could be, but it might not be. So that this just gives you a pause and a step back and kind of reevaluate and figure out where the gaps are in your alignment. So that's, that's how I started it. And that's what it looks like um, in the highest level. And then each of those obviously are more detailed and I'm happy to share those details. Yeah, like. absolutely. Well, yeah, so let's, um, and so I guess, you know, one comment there, having done um, quite a lot of M&A and lots of integrations um, <laughs> yeah. and like you realizing that <laughs> when, you, when you build methodology and then you get to apply it into a startup um, business and then you have to apply it into a really large business yeah. and a medium-sized business, you learn a lot about the stuff that actually matters and you yeah. kind of get to get rid of the fluff that doesn't matter. So I'm really keen to, to understand your um, your uh, those steps and yeah. like what, what do they actually include sure. um, and conscious of time because I know we also lost a little bit of time today. So yes, let's, sure. let's get into your steps. I'm really keen okay. to hear about that. So I'll, I'll go um, more quickly and then if you have questions, you can ask me. So, you know, when I talk about educate, there is a bit of educate the business, the people, the teams, um, kind of staff and all of that. And I start, as I said, with that, who are we now? What does it look like? What is our mission, our value and vision? And I don't mean that as a placard on the wall, but really, what are we here for? What is the What are the values in which we're working? But what is our vision of where we want to go? You know, and when you look at the employees, um, you know, what's working and what isn't? For them in that in that process, what right now as I'm walking up and down the halls and I'm hearing things, you know, where's their challenges? 
how, how do we how do we hear that? So there's a little bit of like let's just get into the weeds of the people and hear what they have to say because um, they're a great resource. You know, your clients. What are the clients looking for? What's been working well? What seems to be changing recently? So you're kind of educating yourself on that that nuanced change, and then process and delivery. If your service or if your product, you know, is there a disconnect lately? What where's the gaps? Where hasn't been working? Is the length of delivery changed? Is and this change is obviously a B two B or a B two C client, but um, you know, are we losing out on upsell opportunities? Are we taking too long to implement? What does that look like? And so just a very quick kind of your employees, your clients and your processes, mm. products and products, like what sounds just, like a, sounds like a, I guess a reality check, right? So yeah. Like, that's okay, it, that's okay, let's like, just where regroup right on let's, where are we right now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Forget, forget what we think we, you know, we used to be so good. You know, your people, I used yeah. to be able to touch my toes. I can't anymore. Yeah, we yeah. get it. But today you can't. So kind of a regroup. And then and then in that process, it is the clarifying of the brand and the mission. Like, okay, so now we know where we are. What what was it that our that our brand is about? What is it that we're attempting to do? What is our goal? Where where do we pr- see our pr- trajectory? Um, you know, what what is it that we want in that that case? Like, why do we exist? Where is our intentions? And I even say, depending where you are, you do another SWOT analysis, right? Who are the competitors now? Did something mm-hmm. change? What's the marketplace look like? Um, was there yeah. an influx within? Because you know, outside in forces. So that's kind of the educated. So it's a quick. And again, I'm not suggesting this is a six yeah. month process. I'm talking like let's yeah. get down and dirty and get this done. And then it sounds like it sounds to me like it's a scan and a communicate. Like exactly, it's a, okay, that's a great way. Let's of saying get it. let's get a full let's scan full everything scan. that's going yep, on. Look at the, look at the uh, <laughs> look at the external environment. What's happening with customers? What's happening in our market? What's happening with competitors? Let's yeah. look internally with us. What's happening with our team? What right. you know, what's changed maybe since before? And also, you're saying let's get clarity on where it is that we actually want to go. So we're not yet talking about the strategy in terms of how we're going to get there, but we're talking about what like why we're here and actually what our vision of the future is. You so got we've it. got that starting point before we do anything else. Yeah, that's right. Because if you don't have the starting point, then then visions. And and a lot of this is, inf- you know, people are tracking all the time, tracking numbers. It's just like, what do you do with those numbers or what do you mm. do? So some of this is is mm. numbers and some of this is, like I said, walking the halls and talking and mm. getting to people. And then I always yeah. talk about the motivate. And when I think of motivate, you know, I so sort motivate of- Motivate step two, right? Motivate is step two. And what I mean by okay, that yeah. is- is there is an action in motivate? Motivation comes from an an action and an understanding about what what we just learned. So, right, we're going to motivate okay. because one, we're going to inform everybody. There's probably a certain number of people that are taking these scans uh, at, in an organization. So now it's all right. Well, now um, that we've done, now we have to have a strategy. If if that was is our direction and that is our goal, and this is what we've learned, there is some misalignment. So let's get people motivated around. Here's what our goals are. Here's what we're going. How are we going to get there? So what does that strategy look like? How are we going to create the solutions based on those goals? How are we going to um, make sure the goals are aligned? I kind of talk about uh, one of the great examples is when you start doing, let's say, private equity comes in and they're like, you're going to grow 20% quarter over quarter. That's high level, but that has to align all the way down in that my salesperson knows their goals, but the finance people and the people that send invoices your goal is to get them out, get them quickly, get it paid, make sure we get returns so that we don't have gaps. And then you hit your numbers and you're not forcing, you know, the incomes coming in when it's supposed to, you know, there's lots of things that support so that every goal, even if it doesn't look like it's a revenue-based goal is supporting mm-hmm. a 20% like growth. So we talk about mm-hmm. goals. So that motivate is, is like, here's, here's what we've decided here. Now we're going to make out the plan. We're going to do our strategies. We're going to ensure our solutions are aligned. We're going to set out our goals. 
Um, we're going to verify how we're going to kind of communicate out to the market. We've kind of figured those things out. And then we're going to um, figure out the flow of the process to get there. And everybody's going to be on board because now we're all motivated because we understand what the purpose and the possession is. So that's step number two. So motivate in my mind is a different than what a lot of people yeah. think in terms of motivate. Motivate is motivate the movement. And so just um, just to recap on that, what I'm hearing is you know, in stage one where you're going, here's where we're at now and here's mm-hmm. where we want to go. So we've got, we're kind yep. of setting up the framework for movement, but we haven't actually talked about yet what movement looks like or yep. how we're going to get there. In step two, you're saying, all right, in this part, we actually figure out the strategy, like what are we actually going to do and how mm-hmm. do we make sure that all the goals of all parts of the organization are aligned yep. to fulfill that ambition and that um, that direction mm-hmm. that we set up so that it creates that yep. sense of, okay, not only do we know where, where we are, we know where we're going and we've now agreed how we're going to get there and what our priorities are mm-hmm. as a team. So that's the motivation that creates the sense of how what we're going to move towards okay right. that's great and then and, what's the third step and that yeah and that motivates people because you know and then the third step is action and the mm-hmm. and so it's now we have to actually execute because yay for all the other stuff but if you don't execute it doesn't mean anything <laughs> you know i'm kind of always like yeah right is so this is the part where um now we've set up our goals we've set up the communications plan so we're it's a kind of a balance between the revenue generation the revenue management and your processes like how do you start to do it but you're really telling people to now go out and do it you've got your plan you've got your kpis you've got it we we need to do it so you've got your teams that are leading it um you've got uh, goal execution you've got internal management execution you have um, operations and and Within that, how are you monitoring it so that you can then mm-hmm. do the evaluation? But that's really what execute is, is it's it's actually doing it, making sure that yeah. it's happened. And right down into, as I say, you know, branding and clarity for brand is really important. So back when you were doing your strategy, you were also talking about how you're going to externally communicate this as well as internally mm-hmm. communicate. So okay. when you start executing, your communications may change, they may not, depending, but but you've got some yeah. nuanced differences that will that will come out as well. So that's a key okay. part of so it. So in your execution step, um, people are obviously you've got this means people know what their priorities are because that's happened mm-hmm. at sort of stage B. Yep. Now they're actually doing the stuff, but you've also built in what I'm hearing, you know, transparency on actually how that's mm-hmm. going. So you've got yep. visibility, you've got some feedback loops to know that actually, yep. you know, what's happening that's that you know that whilst you're executing um you're also communicating that might be you know constant internal communication about how that's going but also mm-hmm. external communication you know Correct. you might have to your point your strategy may have your your vision may have changed your strategy may now be different how are you communicating with your customers about who right. you are now or what that means for them or e- exactly okay. decks may have changed mm-hmm. you know all those kinds of things may have changed and then when you go into evaluate you can imagine right there's the internal and the external evaluations so you know what are how we hit the numbers um but but more if you have new business coming in, what does it look like? Does it look like what it used to? Are they changed? Does that make up difference mm. um, when we didn't make, when the sales didn't come in? So really evaluating against the KPI, but getting a little bit more granular in terms of did anything miss the mark? Did we, you know, did we execute as we thought and did it come out the way we thought or did we execute mm-hmm. and something still missed? Um, you know, we thought that yeah. it would resonate with this size company and these number of people and this is the way it would go. And actually we're finding that where we sold it was here instead. And so when that change happens, it happened in maybe the sales group. And now your account management though is going to have a, a an iteration on it, right? Because that will impact them, which then may, imp- that then impacts the way you're possibly your invoicing is going and your communications. So there is that point comes very quickly after the evaluation of 
re-communicating and iterating based on how you've evaluated the bolt, just, you know, those results. Mm -hmm. So it's the evaluation, but remember that many times evaluation is going on, but it's going on in its division. And the only way it's communicated is in some meeting once a week where everyone spews off very quick KPIs, Mm -hmm. but nobody, then they walk out of the room and go, oh, we didn't hit our number. We did hit Mm -hmm. our number. And that's about it. So Mm -hmm. this is more... Tell so me. This is making sure what I'm hearing is, you know, you're evaluating. So whilst you've, you know, in step three, you've got everybody executing and you're gathering, you know, you've got transparency on the uh, the data, but in stage four, it's about how you actually think about what is going on and what yes. does it mean for the whole organization, not just for that team or that division Correct. or that area. It's how do you make sure that those are flowing back and someone's looking at all of those things as a pattern and going, okay, do we need to make new sense of this? Because yes. to your point, one part's going well, one part's now going really poorly. What does that mean? Does that mean anything new for priorities, for how we communicate? Is it just, is it actually isolated to that team or is it actually Correct. something that's going to create downstream? Yeah. How do you flow that information back mm-hmm. up um, yeah. to to leaders that can do something about it? Yep, you got it. And you said it even better. And and I will say, and I didn't mention in here that a big part of this too is I, I think I mentioned skill gaps too, right? When you start to evaluate these, it doesn't mm-hmm. always mean that anybody is good, bad, or indifferent. It's just that, do we have a skill gap? Is it something we can train? So sometimes when this happens, especially if you've had to change, if you've had to re, you know, I I was at an organization where we changed a business model and candidly, there was a big group of people that weren't aligned with the new business model and they weren't going to be, it was selling, it was a completely different function Mm -hmm. and the way that they were going to have to sell and speak to it. And some were interested to learn it and some were like, this is not my thing. So yeah. skill, skill evaluation, skill set comes out of this as well. And then, as I said, mm. then you iterate. So once you've done that, the last step is iterate. It's, it's is what, iterate. and, and, and iterate can mean very little. It can mean, great, let's all, let's do it again. We're on track. Or it could mean mm-hmm. here's some small nuances that are changing. But I think an, on a quick, you could take these steps on a very high level very often, right? Or pull them out. Mm. But I find that it's, it's critical when there are m- major changes. And it's important and critical at certain milestones regardless, right? You should do a re check-in just like we have annual checkups with our doctors, right? Supposedly, (laughs) we should have these checkups with our organization um, because things do change. Our markets change our needs. I mean, look, pandemic threw everybody upside down. I think that taught us even more so. Um, Those of us in, in the businesses we've been in with startups and so forth maybe saw it more often, but I think these last years have really brought it to light to anybody that, you know, mm-hmm. a lot changes. And then how do you, how do you flex your, flex your time? So the, that's really the, the as I said, that's really where, and it started with something where you, you couldn't miss it when you're doing massive mm-hmm. integration. Like you can't miss the disconnects there. It's so there, but you really notice it as you start to work in all kinds of organizations Um, not intentionally, it is an evolution that happens. Now, what if I told you that with just 15 minutes of effort, you could find out the top three things that are going to hold your business back from scaling in a sustainable way so that you can fulfill its potential and you can enjoy it as much as you deserve to. And what if I told you in that same 15 minutes of effort, you can find out how your business stacks up against thousands of other businesses who've taken the same test so you can actually see how you compare. If that sounds interesting, you need to head straight over to scalehq.com.au forward slash growth score. You're going to complete a short survey and you're going to get back in your inbox a free nine page report. It's going to show you how you stack up versus your peers and where you need to focus to unlock scalability and a greater level of enjoyment in your business. And for a limited time, I'm going to offer you a free 30 minute debrief on the report with myself 
or one of our Scale HQ founder mentors who are all experienced CEOs and have scaled successfully, we'll unpack your specific report with you. We've done hundreds of these, and so we know exactly how to help you get the most out of the insights in there. There's no selling from us, just lots of value for you. Head over to scalehq.com.au forward slash growth score and get your free growth score report right now. You are going to love it. Is it fair to say, so So just to, let's do a quick recap. So yeah, sure. um, the, uh, the first one is educate, and that's mm-hmm. really about getting a current state of play. Like, you know, you've just gone through a change or you're about to go through a major change or your market's changed or something major's changed. And go, okay, I actually need to re, I need to re-get everybody back on the mm-hmm. same page about where we're at right now and where it is that we're trying to go. In stage two, you are, uh, the motivate stage is about actually setting up the plan and the priorities and the strategy and what are we going to move towards and how do we get everybody aligned to mm-hmm. that so everybody knows what the, the big priorities are. In step three, they are executing, so they're going out and they're doing the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in step four, you are evaluating basically how that's going and you're trying to make sense of it, um, not only within you know, sort of teams or divisions or functions, right. but as a whole organization yeah. and what does that mean mm-hmm. to, um, and that might, you know, what does it mean to the priorities? What does it mean to communication? What does it mean to what, you know, any part of it? And then finally is the iteration. And so that is, you know, where do we need to make changes and actually making those um, changes to communication or priorities or team members or skill sets or whatever needs to change to ensure you stay on track. That's it. So, yeah. And I love that because um, that's a really nice way of articulating. um, uh, It's a really nice way of articulating in a really simple form. And people can go, well, that just sounds really simple and kind of uh, obvious. Yeah, it should be simple and obvious, but (laughs) it's never simple and obvious if you haven't done it before. Right. Um, And you've grown up in an organization where you've never been part of Mm -hmm. somebody who's done that well. And so you may not know actually how important it is. And so you're building your business, you've built it Mm -hmm. from small and you're just, you're just good at doing the stuff and getting the stuff done. And all of a sudden there's a major change. You've had no leadership development. You're a founder of a, you know, I know the 30 person business now or 50 or a hundred. And all of a sudden you've got to go through the major change and you're like, I've never actually had to go back and I've never actually had to do alignment. I've just been doing, I've just been executing and execution has been working, but now something has to change and I have to realign all of these people. It may not be M&A, it might just be. Um, I'm going to set an entirely new strategy or something massive has changed to our customers or a product set's going to move or. Or some, and you know, also two things I'll tell you is I think the, the misalignment is, as I said, it's often very unintentional, right? So you have, Mm. as you just gave an example of a founder that kind of grows his business, those founders talk all the time and they chat all the time and they're communicating. And if you listen to what they say, things change or they accidentally throw someone down a rat hole to go chase something because they thought, well, God, wouldn't it be a great idea if, and they don't mean to, but it goes one direction or they were out with a client and agreed to something because they got excited about it. So there's a lot of things that throw it off. I'll tell you another one that I've seen, and it is when funding comes in. And, Mm. you know, if you've ever been involved with, which I know you have, but involved with um, fundraising, there's obviously lots going out about where the money is going to go. But when funding comes in and it's either more than you expected or you are a well-funded startup, what can happen really easily is those dollars get thrown against, you know, the the good old spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. It's it's just habit, Mm. right? You have funds now to do the things you didn't get to do. And that's another area where it's very quick and very easy to get off track and to misalign again not intentionally you're actually are trying to solve everybody's problems but but you've you've lost the focus because and and it doesn't mean that you've spent the money too much it's just that it's very easy 
to sort of redirect your energies because now you have the ability to. That's another time where I say it's always really important to just do a sanity check um, and make sure that it's still, things are still in alignment. And if it's not, it, as they say, parking lot it and maybe relook at it when that time is right. The interesting thing about this, Karen, is that you can do this rhythmically, right? Yeah. Um, You know, which I'm sure Mm -hmm. as you developed your methodology, you found a way to build this into a rhythm. Like I, I, Mm -hmm. I, as a CEO, just, yeah, it's, it's, it's in my DNA to not right. like randomness. I don't like randomness. I'm very structured. <laughs> I'm very organized. I'm very ordered. So I don't deal well with constant uncertainty and stuff that's changing all the time mm-hmm. and just putting effort. I just can't operate that way. And so this, these structures helped me, um, number yeah. one, you know, having a Stratex, which was essentially to your, uh, it's probably the first two components of your five steps. It's right. like, the clarity on the long term, the medium term strategy, and the short term priorities, so that right. actually, in, in in literally in one kind of A three page or one desktop background, mm-hmm. everybody's got absolute one hundred percent clarity about where we're going, how we're going to get there, and what yep. the priorities are. So that's and on I one love page. That. Everybody I love gets that. it. Yeah. And then, but to your point, that's just the start. Great, you can communicate that to everyone. You can get people motivated around. It's like good. We know where we're going. Of course, all the magic is in the execution. It's mm-hmm. wonderful to have that plan. <laughs> but the, mm-hmm. the magic yeah. and the difficulty and the hard part, of course, is actually then the execu- executing yeah. on the plan, having all the feedback loops built in so that you know what's going on and then knowing what to do about them as you go. And then mm-hmm. if the plan's not working or it needs to be changed, you know, on a, you know, we'd always review that strategy on an annual basis, maybe not like redo the entire strategy, but update yeah. it and iterate it. And every 90 yeah. days you're looking at what's going on and mm-hmm. do we need to change the priorities. But having that in a system... Um, allows you to ins- allows you to feel confident that you've got a model that um, yeah. it's almost like you can you can update the inputs at the top of it and it all flows back through the model yeah. so that you get everybody aligned again if anything's going off track. Mm-hmm. I've really valued um, I valued as a CEO feeling comfortable that in multiple entities that I knew that everybody was following that structure and so yeah. if anything was happening in those entities that was creating misalignment, we had a process to capture it feed it back in, make the changes, realign everybody and Perfect. keep moving. I think yeah. that's the thing that um, really takes a lot of pressure off the CEO, having to be, <laughs> having to watch everything because it's like, yeah. no, the system does the watching right? Um, and you've got a process of realigning everybody. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And I think that's why, I mean, that's why you've built this next part where you are, right? Where you're helping other CEOs and people do that because the truth is the CEOs, the other struggle they have is, you know, they start a business and their hands are in it. And they're in a way selling themselves and their own. And so as you grow and you are becoming a little further removed, it's harder and harder and it gets scarier and scarier whether you communicate or you can't let go. And so knowing, as you said, having the confidence that something's set there and that as new people come on or when, you know, a hire doesn't work and you have to change it or you have a whole new team or whatever happens, um, there's a system for, for both communicating to them the process and how it's evaluated and that this is what we do. And this is just part of our DNI. And then I think people also aren't as concerned about the idea of giving their feedback. You know, um, I said to somebody the other day, I'm like, oh, we had a meeting and I said everything we failed at. I told them right out everything. They're like, really? You know, I fail at a lot. I would never tell anybody. I'm like, but you have to. So I think mm. that's the other thing that's important when you're in these, the, this isn't about failure. This is about evaluating, monitoring mm. and iterating and if you mm-hmm. let people know, especially in a workplace environment, that that's part of what we do, it also yeah. creates an environment where Safety. you aren't, yeah, it's it's out there and you aren't afraid to let those pieces be known and you aren't afraid 
to communicate when something doesn't seem to be going right, even though maybe you named it, right? You put your name on uh, it and you said, this is what we're going to do. And you're like, oh gosh, it's not really working. So I think that's I always get really scared when I hear people say things like, you know, we can't afford to make any mistakes yeah. here. And you're like, <laughs> like <"Oops."> what? <laughs> do not say that to no. anybody. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to yeah. like shrink into the safest, most conservative, yeah. most risk-free situation. That's the, exactly. the like no one's going to be like, going out on a limb to delight a customer or something, they're going to play it super safe. And then therefore all of the onus is now back on you to Mm -hmm. absolutely design the perfect thing every time because you've got a bunch of order takers in your organization and no one's thinking for themselves because they're scared of you. That's like you just you can't do that. And and that's and collaboration goes away too. Because if you're afraid to make a mistake, nobody wants to speak up or collaborate Mm -hmm. or do anything because they're like, oh my God, what if that messes up? So yeah, it's a really tough so I think that's the other piece about what you've set up and what you're talking about in your organizations and when you're working with other businesses is that it's got to be part of the DNA so everybody's comfortable yeah. with it and that people aren't afraid. And then you just have such better outcomes. I come from old school. We used words like brainstorming and collaboration and it was okay to say that. And that, you know, these days I'm like, what's like the new words for those? I don't know, but I said brainstorming one day and someone, th- I, they thought I was a dinosaur. And I was like, what? Is that where y'all get around? <laughs> really? Oh, no. oh, yeah, it was hilarious. I didn't know that, but now I know that yeah, I'm a dinosaur. Yeah, you know, don't say it in certain environments. Yeah, don't say it. Chat GPT, what's the new word for brainstorming? That's <laughs> yeah, there really cool. you go. Okay. Perfect. Let exactly. Know. You know, it's a good idea. I'm going to do that when we get off. I'm going to, I'm going to go find out what it is. But I, w- I had lots of looks that I, I don't, I think. Who knows? Anyway, but I think that's part of it, right? We want we want people to be encouraged to communicate and and keep going and 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 then to be able to reach the next goals. So that if you are yeah. fundraising or building or expanding, then that expansion um, you have a method for that too, because you're you're going to yeah. communicate the same things wherever it goes. So yeah, um, Karen, what what have you um, actually? You know, a practical example um, mm-hmm. of that, which I think was something that we learned over time. We didn't have this right in the first few acquisitions, but we learned in the, in the later ones was we actually quite quickly put together just a one, a, like a one page summary on what the strategy was going to be for the, for the combined organization yeah. um, that we would constantly actually iterate and come back to and share with the new teams. Because uh, to your point, if, if people don't feel like this organization is going to be better, like I don't know what the combination of these two organizations is going to look like, but if I feel like we are valued, if you are the acquiree, um, you're feeling pretty nervous because somebody yep. else is making all the calls. If you can't see how we get better together and what the new model looks like, it's it's quite disconcerting. Yeah. One of the questions I had for you though was, what do you see CEOs struggle with the most in these five stages? Like, where do you think the kind of um, the the most difficult points are from your perspective? So i I think the the hardest part um, that I've seen often is um, I'm going to say it's in the the motivate and the, and I okay. say that Why because that? I think that often um there's a jump from here's what we are and we need especially early stage startups so I'll I'll sort of mm-hmm. caution it there when you're looking yeah. at an early stage startup they've decided who what where they are what they want to be they've been talking about it with forever. They've been working on it. Mm. They sit in, and it's just ingrained in them. And in fact, mm. I, they're the best, like listen to them talk and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. And then yeah. they jump to, because we need to get revenue in, we need to get revenue in order to get investors, or we need to get revenue because we're going to do a bootstrap or whatever it might be. So you jump, you're talking yourself and you sell it that sometimes the, the definition of how we're going to do it mm. falls apart. 
Not, not that it isn't being done because they're doing it, but it, you jump over mm-hmm. that separate that like if we had a team and, and there is a reason to it. So you, you say, I understand, but mm-hmm. now if we get, so, okay, you've got a little bit of revenue. We got to build an organization here. We can't do it. So I think yeah. that when you talk about early stage startups, it's natural that that's one of the challenges. I think when you get to the larger and organizations, I believe, I feel like the, the bigger challenge comes to the, um, the evaluate. And not because they aren't evaluating, but because the evaluating isn't being shared in a holistic way. Again, I go back, you heard, you know, I had a flip comment that everyone sits in a meeting and you have the head of sales say this and you have this and everybody gets it and goes, oh, and then they complain Mm -hmm. about sales didn't hit their numbers or this or, you know, however that that conversation may or may not go or everything is phenomenal. Everything's great. We all move out and pat ourselves on the back. There's like one of these two things, but and there's probably lots of side conversations yep. and I'm not saying things aren't happening, but to really go back and to dig and to start, um, to kind of start back at the top mm. when things go a little bit wrong or something that doesn't come out the way you expected yeah. and better or worse, right? If something's taking off, it's like, wow, how do we, how do we put more fire to this? Like, geez, this is great. Like we didn't, we, I thought it was gonna be good, but I didn't think it was gonna be that good. Let's, let's figure out how to put a fire. So I, I feel like as you grow, it's that piece that lets you do your iteration in a more methodical way. That's the piece. Doesn't mean they're not tracking. Doesn't mean the data is not coming in. Doesn't mean people aren't managing, but they're not putting it together as a holistic and sinking it. When I think about the, your, your comments about the first, about the, um, the motivate piece, which is, which sounds to me like I just immediately could see, um, founders that I know who rely on that, you know, when they're kind of growing up, they rely on the, almost like the charisma and the commitment to the vision. And they've just jumped straight to execution. Like, okay, let's just yeah. go and do a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and like, just make things happen. It's like, yep. okay. And to your That's- point, you're missing strategy, you're missing priorities, you you're missing structure. Mm-hmm. Like how are we going to make sure that people focus mm-hmm. on the right things? You're missing actually mm-hmm. the thing that creates the alignment. And so you end up yep. with a lot of randomness and a lot of things to manage um, and yep. a lot of pressure on mm-hmm. that CEO. And then yes. in the evaluate piece, I remember um, seeing uh, being an executive um, in in an organization and realizing because we had some great uh, external coaching as a leadership team and this had this like game changing moment in my mind that shifted the identity of the whole leadership team and it was each of you is operating as a functional leader and that is your job your director of sales your director of operations your director of marketing blah mm-hmm. blah blah mm-hmm. but actually your job yeah. is not to do that. Your job, each and every one of you, is to think and act like the CEO. Um, and that means in a leadership meeting, mm-hmm. when That's to your great. point, yeah. your, your job is not to come and go, I'm just here to report on my stuff and this is how I'm going and this is what's happening in my business. And then like everybody's just taking their turn and it's the CEO's job to think about what's happening. And all. It's all of your job to be sitting mm-hmm. in a room as if you are now seven CEOs, including the CEO, thinking about what do all yeah. these pieces mean together um, and what, yeah, and that. To, to your point, together, the, right. when you've got some leaders in your business and lots of the people in this, um, who listen to this podcast are somewhere between kind of one and 20 mil. And so, you know, by the time they're getting to, you know, maybe like five, six, mm-hmm. seven, uh, up to, you know, 15, they're, def- they're hiring managers, you know, they're hiring managers or they're hiring leaders. And you've got that opportunity yes. to take some of the pressure off you as a CEO and generate good quality conversation when you tell people. Mm-hmm. That all of our job is to think yeah. about what all these pieces mean together, not just my job, actually all of your jobs. And that elevates them professionally. Right. It helps to develop them, but it also makes them feel like they can contribute more. Uh, yep. So it creates a good leadership sort of style Absolutely. and people value being part of that leadership team because they're growing, um, but also takes a bit of pressure off you. 
Yeah, that's those. That's perfectly said. And I think that it's. Um, I mean, you can see it, and you can see it happen. And again, I don't think any of this because mm. there's brilliant people out there, right? They're doing it, and they made their companies because they're brilliant and they know what they're doing. It's it's not about that. It's about finding, as you said, a methodology or a system that works and being consistent with it and having the resources and somebody just to help move that along because day-to-day mm. business distracts mm. you every every time. It always does and it always will. And day-to-day um, operational needs of the, the human beings that are behind it distract you every day and they always will. So you have to have you know the systems and processes to help you when that happens, remember Yes, we get that, and but I, we also have to do this too. So and I go back to my, um, yeah. thinking about this entire conversation, thinking about what does alignment actually do? You know, it it ensures if you can't if you can't put your hand on your heart and say every single person in this business knows what long term, medium term, and short term success looks like for like what what does actually success look like mm-hmm. for the organization, but also for the individual, then you do not have like- alignment. Like if those two things aren't mm-hmm. in place, then you do not have alignment mm-hmm. and you are going to mm-hmm. be dealing with misalignment. And to your your point right in your LinkedIn is if you don't have that and you put pressure on the business, you are going to create chasms and cracks and problems and it just gets more complicated to solve yes. until you actually go back through those steps sequentially and go back to number one and re mm-hmm. start with the reassessment. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it's yeah. really, it's so fabulous, um, Karen. I, yeah. Can I ask you, and I'm conscious of our time, we're going to, we're going to need to wrap up. Um, What's what's next for yep. Karen Kovaleski? Yep, what, what are you what are you kind of doing with your next stage, your next chapter? Where is it, where are you <laughs> taking yourself? Yeah, my next days. Um, so I'm I'm about ready to. Um, I haven't. It's it's in the works. It'll be out soon. I'm launching my my new mm. website, which is called Pieces of Sand, and it is just going to be musings. Uh, it's, it's a little bit more about that, and I do pieces of sand because. Sand, right, creates many different things depending on how it's put together and what the pressures and external impacts are, right? Everything from glass to to beautiful ocean fronts cool. to cement. So I thought mm-hmm. it was a apropos and I live by the ocean. So that was my pieces of sand. But I'm going to continue, you know, to work uh, supporting some, some different businesses as they need them and um, hopefully help them uh, grow and, and aspire and get to where they're, they're looking to go. And so, um, and how that looks. It looks a variety of different ways from some of my consulting awesome. and contract jobs to some other stuff. So I'll continue to do this and, and take it into, um, I don't know, hopefully, hopefully for a long time. Well, <laughs> you've been moving, super right? generous Keep with on your doing. Um, time and I really appreciate the clarity you're able to bring um, to your thinking. And I think that's a really nice, um, yeah. simple process for people to do. Yeah. So what you know, if you're listening to this podcast today and you're thinking, you know what? Thank you. I'm just not 100% sure that everybody is on the same page um, as where I'm thinking and I'm seeing cracks evolve. This is a great opportunity for you to step mm-hmm. back and actually take yourself through those five steps um, and take your yeah. organization through that process. And you can do it. You know, If you haven't done it before, that's cool. This is a leadership development opportunity for you and a prof- yeah. personal growth opportunity for you as a founder. And if you need help, yeah. you've got people like Karen or myself or whatever, you feel free to uh, reach out. And this, and this stuff takes... Um, just for the avoidance of doubt, <laughs> this level of clarity and simplicity comes from <laughs> people like Karen who've actually had to do this time and time and time and time and again and make all the mistakes over 20 years. So I, I really acknowledge that this the simplicity takes time to craft your experience, Karen. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. If people want to get in touch yeah. with you or follow yeah. along with what you're doing, where would you direct them to? 
Yeah. So I think originally okay. mm-hmm. I, I meant LinkedIn is probably the easiest and quickest right now. And soon you'll be able to get me through the website. But for right now, LinkedIn is probably easiest. At, uh, and it's uh, Karen Kovale- uh, Traversi Kovaleski. Wonderful. Karen, thank you LinkedIn. so much for your yeah. time today. I really appreciate it, guys. Go and uh, connect with Karen on LinkedIn. You can find um, a full transcript well, on you. the Scale HQ uh, website. You can find it on YouTube. You get the video version or the audio version on Spotify, Apple, blah, 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 usual stuff, wherever you like. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you very much. I really enjoyed the conversation today, Karen, and I look forward to staying connected. Yes. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. It was Thanks a ton so. of fun. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. The team here at Scale HQ hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Now, if you want to achieve scale, but you want to know what's going to hold you back, we can help. Head over to scalehq.com.au forward slash growth score to get your free nine-page growth score report. That's going to help you understand where your top three barriers are to scale. And if you'd like, we'll even do a free debrief on the report for you with no obligations or expectations, just lots of value from some CEOs who've scaled to help you on your journey. That's scalehq.com.au forward slash growth score and find out what's holding you back from fulfilling the potential of your business today.